When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. podcast we're still trying to work our way out of how to learn how to do this stuff but uh we'll get there one of these days and uh sitting here with dylan kinney and dylan is here in the same city as me nashville he's not doing it through skype which is what you're going to hear most of my interviews on but uh dylan how you doing today i'm doing pretty good how about yourself oh doing great um and dylan is with the nashville comedy theater I thought it would be a kind of a natural fit to have some folks from the Nashville Comedy Theater come out and help me make fun of bands. So, you know, why not? And, you know, talk talk a little bit about them and what they do. And and But the, the important thing is making fun of bands and people because that's what we're all here for. So uh, And that's what we're good at. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, your background here and how the Nashville Comedy Theater got started. Uh, well, actually, I started doing uh, improv comedy probably about six years ago now. Uh, it was while I was still working as a Metro Police officer. Uh, after a while, I pretty much became uh, tired of working at the Metro Police yeah. uh, for, for, for many various reasons. <laughs> uh, and at that point, I had to look and see what else I enjoyed doing, what I was good at, and I decided, hey, maybe I'll give this uh, comedy thing a try. Yeah. And okay. uh, so start up well first i had to move to chicago for a little while study up at uh, the improv olympic and comedy sports there yeah and came back and rounded up a few comedians put them through basic training and been doing shows ever since uh, december of 2010 and uh, chicago's got a good history with comedy you know, they are mostly. the they are the mecca of improv comedians right. that's that's where a lot of all your saturday night live stars got their start at and yeah they're known for the uh, second city up there right that's one of the four big ones up there. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So, uh, so a former cop now in comedy. Well, e- every cop thinks he's a comedian. It's just only a handful has actually decided to go out there and do something about <laughs> yeah, it. You decided to take it to the next level. Yeah. You're not frisking your uh, your cast castmates, are you? Only if they ask me to. <laughs> only the good looking ones, right? Right. Right. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a, a smorgasbord of stuff today. Um, 
I've just been looking at some of the stuff that's going on in rock and roll, metal and all that, whatever you want to call it, and uh, well, even pop, because we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to hit a number of topics. Some of the things we're going to hit, you know, involve Van Halen and uh, Tom Cruise, which, you know, you'll figure that out in a little while, but uh, Motley Crue, all that stuff, and our favorite buddies, the Recording Industry Association of America, who will probably wind up shutting me down at some point, too. Uh, so we're going to be right back, and we're going to hit a number of topics with Dylan. Hi, I'm Kristen, and you might know me from having booked local rock shows with my husband, Al John. Are you trying to save money on your next vacation? Well, as a Magical Journeys travel agent and authorized Disney vacation planner, you can contact me if you are looking to visit a Disney destination such as Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Disney Vacation Club Resorts, Universal Orlando, or a cruise vacation. I can help. With busy lives, I can not only help you save money, but time as well. I continue to look for better deals until the day you travel. Are you already booked with Disney for your vacation? Well, you can transfer those to me, and I can look for better deals as they become available. Received one of those golden tickets, a Disney pin code? Well, I can book those too. So why do all the hard work yourself when I can do it for you at no cost to you? Email me at Kristen at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. A proud supporter of the Disciple Geek Podcast. Rubbing our last two brain cells together. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Hi, this is John Bonham, and you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. All right, welcome back uh, to Decibel Geek Podcast, and uh, 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 you can tell I'm new at this, can't you? Because you're going to hear me, <laughs> folks, until I get a few episodes in, you're going to have to get used to me going, uh, uh. If it makes you feel better, I can do a few of those myself. Okay, to... well, yeah, but if two of us do it, it's just going to give the wrong impression. So, and I am a married man. So, um... Okay, Dylan, first thing on my list here is Van Halen, who's got an upcoming record with David Lee Roth. First off, what do you think of Van Halen, and do you like David Lee Roth or the Sammy Hagar era? Oh, I guess I'll go with Sammy. He's a cop. Yeah. All right. Actually, that came from Airheads. I'm not sure if you remember that movie. (laughs) uh, I I saw it once when it came out. Yeah, they were like, who's better, better, uh, Hagar or Roth? Hagar, he's a cop. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I, I there's there's things I like about both. I like the free spirit that they had with with Dave and. Uh, but you gotta admit, Sammy blows him out of the water as far as vocal ability goes. Yes. I mean, Dave's a performer, Sammy's a singer. But at the same time, I, and I'll steal this quote from David Lee Roth himself because it's perfect. Sammy Hagar throws a party. David Lee Roth is the party. But so I'm actually excited about this record to a point, but I have a few issues I have to take with this. Well, before you start, do you think the reunion is actually going to happen? Well, or do you think it's going to fall apart at the last minute? Well, they did that tour a couple of years ago, and that's leading me to my first gripe here. They did a, a tour about two years ago with Dave, and it was great and all, but they have Wolfgang Van Halen playing bass instead of Michael Anthony, and it's like you can't call it a reunion without Michael Anthony. I mean. Wolf, and that, I mean, you want to talk about nepotism? Hell, I mean, get your son in the band, kick the other guy out who was responsible for all the high harmonies. What a bunch of crap! And uh, 
No, you know, nothing against Wolfie. I'm sure he's a decent musician and all, but it's just like, let's get Dave in, but let's just, let's damper everything by putting a, a, a kid in the band. So, and uh, Eddie Van Halen's made it clear that, you know, Michael Anthony's not going to join the band, and, and it really boils down to Michael Anthony is buddies with Sammy Hagar and played in Chickenfoot with Hagar and still does, and Eddie Van Halen is a prima donna and has a really, really fragile ego. So... That's my first gripe, is that Wolfie's playing on this. My second is, I know how the recording for this is going. Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth hate each other's guts. No matter how many millions you pay them, they will get on a stage together, but the idea of those two in a studio together, someone's going to die. So I guarantee that every track is being recorded separate from each other. There's an engineer that records Eddie's parts and then David Lee Roth comes in later or he's mailing his parts in. It'll be another 10 or 15 years before they try to do anything else again. Well, that's Van, that's Van Halen's <laughs> typical timetable for releasing records, so they'd be right on track. Yeah. Although it, it has to be better than the last abortion they put out with Gary Sharon. You remember that? I've been trying to block it out of my mind. I saw that tour and... On the plus side, they played a lot of the rare David Lee Roth era tunes because Sharon was trying to win over the old fans. On the other side, Gary Sharon just doesn't work for Van Halen. I'm sorry, folks. Extreme was a they were an okay band, but you you got to have Sammy or you got to have Dave, and I'm you can't put anyone else in that band. I'm sorry. So, um, but, but also with Van Halen, um, Sammy Hagar just put out his uh, autobiography, and. Uh, if anyone knows anything about Sam, is that he likes to talk. And if there's anyone who was tailor-made to put out an autobiography, it's Sammy Hagar, because the guy loves to talk. But there was a couple things. I've read some excerpts out of this book. There's a couple things that kind of get my goat. One, I get the impression that this book is Sammy Hagar is the victim in every circumstance, and he's never wrong. It's the other people that are wrong. Poor guy. Yeah, and I know Eddie Van Halen is probably a douche to work with, but... You can't lay everything on the guy. But uh, this is a quote I read online recently, and uh, I had I just had to share this with you folks because he, uh, of course, we have to talk about Charlie Sheen, and you know if, it depends on how long I wait to put this podcast up, but it could be out of style by that time. I, I really hope Charlie Sheen is out of style long before any podcast get put up. I, I know, and it's funny because I have two actual things we're going to talk about that involve Charlie <laughs> Sheen on the show. Well, let's go with the first one. All right, the first one is... Sammy Hagar came out with a quote recently mentioning that he thinks that Eddie Van Halen and Charlie Sheen have a lot in common. <laughs> well, that goes without yeah. saying. The quote directly is, I don't know what's going on, but boy, there's a similarity in the way they look and everything, Hagar laughed. I don't know how you get like that. Well, folks, it's called crack rock. <laughs> Let's just say Charlie Sheen likes his crack like Eddie Van Halen likes his alcohol. Maybe that's a more fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. But... In all uh, all due fairness, Eddie Van Halen looks a lot better lately. He's actually put a little bit of weight on. You can tell he's off the sauce. He seems to be. And hopefully he gets his head back on straight. But uh, I don't know. What what do you think, Dylan, about this this whole subject with Sammy talking trash about Eddie? You think that's right? I think it's just a way to get a little more publicity and get everybody uh, in, in everybody's minds again. But yeah, kind of the way Charlie Sheen is doing all his publicity, it's... Hey, the the more it makes money. Yeah, whatever. I, I mean, heck, Charlie Sheen's now got millions of followers on Twitter. They wouldn't have had if you didn't sure. go crazy beforehand. Yeah, and I was in a, I was at a mall last night, and I went into a Spencer's gift shop, and there's like five different Charlie Sheen T-shirts in there, brought out by Charlie Sheen, 
And uh, but Sammy Hagar, he he knows about making money. If you've ever had a shot of the Cabo Wabo uh, tequila that he puts out, it's like a ten bucks a shot. We're gonna come. We're gonna take a little quick break, and we're gonna come back with the next topic. I know we went a little long on Van Halen. The next thing is uh, burning on the ears of everyone. Literally, we're gonna talk <laughs> about the uh, song Friday by Rebecca Black and uh, how it relates to rock and roll. We'll be right back. Extra push over the cliff. You know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. The only podcast that goes to 11. One loud. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. All right, folks, and I hope you enjoyed that music. Uh, for, next thing we want to talk about here is basically the biggest, it's got to be the biggest Internet YouTube sensation thing that I've ever seen in my life, um, this Rebecca Black song, Friday. And if you haven't heard the song, if you want to go ahead and ruin your whole weekend, go ahead and turn and go to YouTube and search for Rebecca Black Friday. I know I ruined it for you. You, you did. I, I was living in my own little naive world, and then you said, hey, why don't you check out this video before we do the podcast, and mm -hmm. I can't unhear what I just heard. Well, I'm always here to help. Um, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's probably the most unforgettable song that you'll ever hear, and that's not a good thing. No, it really isn't. <laughs> It's very memorable, and uh, basically the song is by this 13-year-old girl, and truthfully, I feel bad for the girl, but and it's, I think most of the criticism is not at her personally, because she's not the greatest singer, but it's I've heard worse. I've actually heard worse rocket up the charts, but the lyrics are just banal, and, and it's really done amateur, in, a, in an amateur fashion. Um, the video, it's basically, what it is, it's, it's a group called the Arc Music Foundation, I believe is what they're called. And it's a group out of California. And they're basically opportunists for tweens. They will, basically, if you're a rich parent and you got a tween kid and you want your kid to feel like a rock star, yeah, they put will... put out a couple videos for them. You give them a couple of grand, they give you a crap pop song, and they make a video for them. Which seems nice in a way, but I, it just seems like an opportunistic thing to me. Um which they're making out like bandits now because I'm sure they had plenty of kids sign up for this. Oh, yeah, and now it's a way for all your kids to be hated across the entire Internet exactly. instead of just your high school. Yeah, welcome to humiliation uh, at a very young age. But there's a, there's been a lot of different uh, opinions on, well, actually, most of the opinions have been yeah, bad. Yeah, it's, it's not a wide variety. Um, but like I said, I don't think the girls should be personally attacked, and I'm all for making fun of things. I'll make fun of the song all day long, but I'm not going to trash talk a 13-year-old girl. I'm sorry, folks. No. If that's what you came for, you're not going to get it. Um, well, one person who will trash talk her is Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. And uh, there's a few thoughts I have on this. First, let me tell you the quote that Tommy Lee tr put on Twitter. The fact that Tommy Lee in his 50s is doing Twitter, I don't know. I'm just going to stop there. But uh, Tommy Lee recently tweeted that someone should take Rebecca Black for a quote-unquote for a long swim. And first of all, the girl's 13 years old. Second of all, Tommy Lee, I don't know if he was intentionally picking those words, but some of you may remember that he was hosting a birthday party for his son a few years ago, and there was a child that drowned in his swimming pool. So I don't know if he was saying connect the dots here or or what, 
but it was in bad taste one way or the other. So um, now Rebecca Black was called a genius by Lady Gaga. So now you got to decide who do, whose side am I on? Am I on Lady Gaga's side or am I on Tommy Lee's side? Well, I mean, Lady Gaga was great twenty years ago when she was called Madonna. Yeah, but, but have you heard that new song? The, uh, it's it's express yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. basically the same thing. Same thing, uh, but you know, I I I don't know. I kind of dig her stuff, but she, but anyway, she's not very rock and roll. But uh, and I'm a Kiss fan, and she loves Kiss, so yeah. I'll, I'll give her props okay. for that. But Tommy Lee, all right, I love old Motley Crue stuff, but Tommy Lee, any guy who's in his mid fifties that has the word mayhem strapped across his stomach, does a a solo group called Methods of Mayhem that does rap music and you're a white guy in your 50s and Methods of Mayhem abbreviated as mom. You know, yeah. you'll get more gangster than mom. Um, but that's also a good tattoo on your stomach. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if he wants to dog her, that's fine. But I, I, all I'll say is look up a song called Brandon that Tommy Lee did a few years ago on his solo album. I think you'll find that it's in the same league as uh, Friday by Rebecca Black. Uh I had a roommate back in college that uh, when he first heard about Tommy Lee and marrying Pamela Anderson, and he, he didn't realize that Tommy Lee and Tommy Lee Jones were two completely different people. So <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones was one of his favorite actors uh-huh. until he heard that he married Pamela Anderson. He's like, oh, I've, yeah. I've got no respect for him anymore. I'm like, dude, <laughs> do you not realize Tommy Lee Jones is a drummer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tommy Lee Jones did a great job on the Dr. Feelgood record. Yeah, it was, you know? it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look right, but it, it was great. <laughs> so, uh, But as far as Rebecca Black goes, I'm not going to play the official song because I don't want to get sued. Uh, go to YouTube and look it up. But uh, I'm going to play a, a few clips now that, of some great covers. This is This is the magic of YouTube and social media. The fact that so many creative people out there who don't have record deals can now put out product and some of these are fantastic my personal favorite is probably the the uh the bob dylan cover it is amazing (laughs) it's not really bob dylan folks but it sounds exactly like him and then i've also got a buddy of mine uh named stevie peavy and i'm not sure that that's his real name it's probably made up but anyway he did a great cover of it and it's kind of just like a good sloppy rock and roll hair band yeah hair bound hair band down and dirty version and and stevie's in a band called death squad demon gods check out death squad demon gods.com to give my buddy a plug and all um so but yeah those are those are a few ideas and uh we're gonna play a few clips now of uh covers of rebecca black's friday and if this goes up in a few weeks like it probably will this will be completely out of fashion but hey you can reminisce on three weeks ago Seven a.m. Waking up in the morning. Gotta be fresh. Gotta go downstairs. Gotta have my bowl. Gotta have cereal. Seeing everything. Seat can I take? It's Friday. 
partying, partying, yeah. Partying, partying, yeah. Fun, 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 fun. Looking forward to the weekend. Hi, this is Mama Cash. You're listening to the. Okay, welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Uh, I'm still sitting here with uh, Dylan Kenny from Nashville Comedy Theater. And go uh, check them out online. Look up Nashville Comedy Theater and you'll get uh, links for shows and all that stuff. And, and you can spell theater with E-R or R-E. doesn't matter. Yeah, we, they redirect each other. So. Okay, so it could be theater. Theater or yeah, the, the, the British, you know, yeah, the, fancy frou-frou spelling. Right, it can be fancy if you want. So back to the news. Uh, this is basically going to be a news episode. The Recording Industry Association of America, also known as Satan, is uh, suing LimeWire. If any of you remember LimeWire, they're not popular anymore because they pretty much got shut down by the government or by the recording industry, same thing. And uh, they're suing LimeWire for $75 trillion. Yes, that is not a typo. That is... That's not with an M, and that's not with a B. That's with a TR. That's with four zeros after it, or no, 12 zeros after it. Is it twelve? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not good at math. But uh, I see both sides of this argument. Uh, the recording industry has a does have a beef as far as people taking stuff for free, and you know, I'm all for bands getting paid. I used to be in bands, not very good ones, not enough to make records. But you know, if you if you put out a product, you deserve to get paid for it. But at the same time, they brought this on themselves with pricing CDs up at 18 and $20 a piece and um you know just and not adapting to to the internet and uh when Napster first hit they had a golden opportunity to jump on board and make and make it a partner rather than an enemy and Lars Ulrich and his 5 foot 2 ass comes out and starts fighting him and becomes the most hated man in rock and roll but uh LimeWire was real big and a lot of people downloaded stuff off of there but that's one thing, but seventy-five trillion dollars. Well, mean, maybe they can drop it down to one trillion, and then they sound so reasonable because yeah. it's one seventy-fifth of what they originally asked. Sure, for. and then they could yeah. say that they're oh, you know they're working. Okay. They're, they're working with the people, yeah. you know. Compromising, and, and you know, and I and I was all for the RIAA initially until I until they started going after the actual people downloading the songs. Yeah, that's just stupid. I mean, come on, that would be like. Let me think here. I used to listen to Weird Al Yankovic cassette tapes in the 80s, and I would make copies of them for my friends. That would be like Weird Al Yankovic and his lawyer showing up with his accordion saying, I'm taking you to court. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. Um, so, yeah, $75 trillion, pretty, that's pretty pathetic <laughs> and funny. And uh, I guess the judge even called it absurd or oh, ridiculous. Oh, completely. Or... Uh, yeah, there's, that, that's, I've heard of frivolous lawsuits, but that takes the cake. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bad. And at the time of recording, I think the national debt is about uh, fifteen trillion. So right, it's all the downloaders' fault. Yeah, it is. So yeah, if if people think, wouldn't... think of all the money that they could have made. See, folks, if you didn't download that damn Rebecca Black song, then we wouldn't be in the, the, the hole that we your are in. Fault. Yeah, and no wonder we're fighting wars in the Middle East. <laughs> if I heard that song, I'd leave the country too. Um, all right. Well, yeah, we're gonna take one more quick break, and then we're gonna come back with uh, some talk about Motley Crue. And I know I talked about Tommy Lee, but we're going to talk a little bit about the Motley Crue Poison New York Dolls tour. And we're also going to talk about Brett Michaels, the uh, biggest attention whore in, uh, in the music industry. 
and also a couple other things, and one involves Loverboy and one involves Tom Cruise. How does this relate to rock and roll and, and metal? You're going to find out in a minute. We'll be back on the Decibel Geek podcast. Why do you need new bands? Everyone knows rock attained perfection in 1974. It's a scientific fact. All right, welcome back to Decibel Geek Podcast, and uh, stop listening to that Rebecca Black, Black song. I know you're doing it. Just pause it for now. Yeah, we got to get back to rock and roll talk. Um, there's a tour going down this summer, and uh, Dylan, I want to get your opinion on it. Uh, Motley Crue and Poison and the band that's pretty much responsible for glam rock, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, <laughs> the New York Dolls, uh, which actually I think they're the biggest selling point of this tour. Uh, there's a few things I want to hit about this. Well, what do you think about the tour as a package? I mean, if I had the money, I'd go see it. <laughs> it... Which leads me to my first point. The ticket prices are ridiculous for this tour. Um, I saw, I've seen Poison and Molly Crew at an amphitheater that we used to have here in Nashville years ago. And I remember paying like no more than 5 or $10. You know, And they were grass seats in the grass, but 5 or 10 bucks that's not sure. bad for a cheap seat. And, you know, you get to listen to the bands. Um, but at the same time, this tour, I guess, I don't know if they're hitting sheds, <clears throat> but we don't have an amphitheater anymore in Nashville. Thank you, Live Nation. Yeah. Um, so they, we have an arena here where the <clears throat> excuse me, local hockey team plays. And they're bringing it to the arena, and I don't know if they're using this as just an opportunity to jack up prices, but the cheap seats for this tour are 30 bucks. Oh, yeah, that's great. Okay, so that's six times what I paid to see them, you know, less than ten years ago. And you're dealing with Motley Crue and Poison, who are pretty well toured out. I mean, I think they've saturated the market as much as they can. You got a price on what the floor seats are? I think that they go up to, like, $92. And I don't want to pay $92 to hear Vince Neil sing every third word because he's out of breath and he's drunk. <laughs> but uh, And, and my, the listeners depending on the order that I release this show in, are going to be sick of hearing about this tour because I've talked about it a lot with different guests. But I'm sorry. This is the big nostalgia tour of the summer. So, and, you know, and the bands I like. And if you don't like it, well, screw you. Um, go listen to Coldplay. So, uh, but there's a few things uh, <laughs> that I want to touch on. It's interesting that, the po- that Poison and Motley Crue are doing this together. That shows that money really solves all problems or all, all drummed-up problems, I should say. Nikki Six from Motley Crue over the years has he's tried to he's tried to keep Motley Crue's punk credibility in place, and I'm sorry Motley Crue's first record Too Fast for Love did have a little bit of a punk edge, but let, let's face it they're one of the early hair bands they're a, they're a, they're a glam rock band and there's nothing wrong with that but Nikki Six from day one has said how their their in, main influence is the Sex Pistols and. You know, they're more punk than they are rock and roll, and they stole their... But the truth is, they stole their look from Kiss, and then they played a bunch of hard rock music in the middle of a time when bands like The Cars and The Talking Heads were on the top of the charts. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, 
And then over the years, he's taught, well, well, there's no way in hell we're going to share a stage with Poison because Poison's a, a hairband, and the, you know we're we're too punk for that kind of thing. I'm sure they're getting a big payday for this. They would have to be for the prices to be. That's why the ticket prices are high. Uh, yep. Because that's the only way they can afford this tour. And Nikki Six is known for lying and stretching the truth for a long time. Um, he loves to talk about his near-death experience from heroin. And it, like he's one of the only people I know that brags about being a heroin junkie over the years. The New York Dolls, it's not really the New York Dolls. It's basically it's Sylvain, Sylvain, and David Johansson, you know, but the rest of the band's dead. You know, uh, they lost Jerry Nolan in, in the, what was it, the early 90s, and Johnny Thunders, he he imploded from heroin also. Um, those two were, they were great musicians, but they, they, they were taken much too young. And then you had uh, Arthur Killer Kane, the bass player. Um, and if you haven't seen it, there's a great documentary called New York Doll, and it's about Arthur Kane. And you know he came from the New York Dolls, a band that looked like dressed up like chicks and played loud rock and roll. And but in present day, before he passed away, he was a born again uh, Mormon, working, you know, with the Mormon group, and you know housed there and everything. I mean, he took a huge fall from grace. Like he lost everything, and mostly due to an alcohol problem. But it was a, it's a great movie, and I'm not going to go into a whole dissection of it. But basically, his main dream was to do a, like a reunion show with the Dolls, and that's what the movie follows. Is he, they follow him playing with the band again, and he heals old wounds, and it's really cool and it's really touching. And then he passed away right after. But uh, so I think it'll be a good tour. Um, related to Poison, there's a, <laughs> and here's where Charlie Sheen comes back in. You knew it would come back at some point. Yeah, you know. If you're not in Sheen's Corner, you're with the trolls, right? Um, Brett Michaels. Oh, where do I begin? All right. Brett Michaels used to live here in Nashville back in the 90s, and he was trying to launch a now-failed country music career, and he was also trying to launch an acting career, and he became buddies with Charlie Sheen. I don't know how, probably, I don't know, through use of substances or what, but him and Charlie Sheen got together and started hanging out and then somehow got high enough to realize that, or to think that Brett Michaels could act. So they created a movie called A Letter from Death Row, and both of them are in it. Have you seen this movie, Dylan? I have not, but I, I've heard of it. It's worth watching for the train wreck factor because Brett Michaels is a horrible actor, and even Charlie Sheen comes off bad in this movie. Um, but anyway, Brett Michaels, who loves publicity more than anything, uh, recently came out and talked about how uh, he taught Charlie Sheen how to trash a hotel room. That, I mean, you know the media's really hit the bottom of the barrel when they're they're pulling this out? Yeah. Um, Brett Michaels, for one thing, he's not the bad boy that everyone thinks he is. Um, he plays this all up on his TV shows and everything. But it's all about publicity, and I, I think he exaggerated a lot of his health issues last year. Um, I'm sure he had them, but I think he his publicity team used it to their advantage. So, and now that Charlie Sheen's in the news, he figures, oh, I, jump, I, I can get another 15 minutes of fame. Out exactly, of this. jump on board. And I talked about this with Mitch Lafon the other day. Um, it was it shows how there's not much interest in his music because his solo record came out after all this publicity with Rock of Love, Celebrity Apprentice, his Heart Scare, and everything, and it didn't make a dent at all in his record sales. He still sold the same amount he always does. So 
Boys in Motley Crue, New York Dolls, this summer. A bit overpriced, but if you haven't seen them in the last 10 years, it might be worth your money. You know, get a good little bit of 80s nostalgia. So uh, real quickly, let's hit on a couple more points, Dylan. Um, Loverboy, do you remember Loverboy? Very little of them. You know, working for the weekend. Yeah. The, the red leather pants and all that. All right, Loverboy, for the five people that care, are putting a new record out. And uh, Bob Rock who most people know from producing Metallica's records over the last 10 years. He's, uh, he's producing it. He was the engineer on Loverboy's big record in the early 80s. I saw Loverboy about 10 years ago when they were first starting to come back out, and uh, it was Loverboy with a Kiss cover band opening up for them at a tiny club, and there were about 20 people there. And I knew two things. One, Loverboy just didn't have it anymore. The singer it, the singer wheezed through the whole performance and just didn't look right, and he was still trying to wear the leather. And two, I knew I was getting old because it was it was just sad. All right, and uh, with Bob Rock, Bob Rock ruined Metallica. Um, he did the Black Album, or the Metallica self-titled album in 91, which a lot of people dog that one, but... For Sonics and uh, you know studio sound, that's a great record, um, and they actually had good some good songs on it. But everything they released since, I just think he 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 led them in the wrong direction, or they just got rich and lazy. You I know? will say, Loverboy is still responsible for, or partly responsible for, one of the best Saturday Night Live skits ever. It was when, that would be the the Chris Farley Patrick Swayze that, skit, yes, the Chippendales the, audition. Chippendales audition. Oh, and every time I hear "Working for the Weekend" now, that is immediately <laughs> what I think of: Chris Farley taking his shirt off and dancing. Oh, wow, that's yeah, that's one of those uh, "What has been seen cannot be unseen" yeah, moments. Kind of like the Friday video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They go hand in hand. Although, in hindsight, it's kind of that's kind of surreal thinking about that clip, knowing that both of those guys aren't around anymore, yeah. isn't it? Another reason we're all getting older. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Loverboy new record coming out. You know. Go uh, download it off LimeWire or whatever. Um, last thing I want to hit on for this news episode, uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> is apparently, I don't know how well confirmed this is, so I'm just going to say allegedly going to star in the movie adaptation of the Broadway musical Rock of Ages. And Rock of Ages was basically a Broadway show that that showcased songs from the seventies and eighties and uh Tom Cruise is gonna like play the main character. First off, what do you think about Tom Cruise being in a in a Broadway adaptation? Uh I mean the my thought of Tom Cruise singing is uh goodness gracious, great balls of fire from Top Gun and that was excruciating to listen to. It was the worst part of Top Gun. The only bad part of Top Gun, because I otherwise like that movie. Right. And, of course, now that Tom Cruise is the big Scientologist, I don't want to offend your Scientologist listener. Oh, I'm sure there's, um, yeah, I'm sure there's yeah, a lot the, of those. Yeah, all of those. But uh, I almost see him singing One-Eyed, One-Horned, Flying, Purple People Eater, something <laughs> weird like that. Well, Just what? He needs to stay away from some of my favorite songs. Yeah, well, and let's not forget him rocking out. Was it uh, "Free Fallin'" by Tom Petty and Jerry Maguire? Oh yeah, it was completely off key, and so I can't figure this one out, honestly, folks. Unless we're gonna do the auto tune thing that they did to uh, Rebecca Black's voice, she just keeps coming up. Um, he's supposed to sing songs. Uh, bon Jovi's "Wanted Dead or Alive," "Renegade" by Styx. 
I want to know what love is by Foreigner. Or no, Anne Hathaway is going to sing that with Tom Cruise. And other people in the movie are going to be Russell Brand, Taylor Swift, and Alec Baldwin. And I heard they're trying to get Amy Allen to be one of the leads, too. Really? Yep. This is bizarre, to say the least. And uh, Tom Cruise and Rock of Ages. Now, I did go online, and I saw a little clip from the stage production of Rock of Ages. It was the one of Dead or Alive. Uh-huh. I hated that version of... I mean, because I I love Bon Jovi's version, but when they sang it on stage, it was it was pretty terrible. So who knows? Maybe Tom Cruise can actually pull that much off. I just don't know how he's going to sing. But yeah, so uh, surely it'll be every bit as good as Rockstar with Marky Mark was a few years ago. So uh, Tom Cruise and Rock of Ages the movie. All right, folks. Well, uh, I think that's all we're going to touch on here for the the news, and this will either be old news or it'll be it'll be relatively recent news, depending on how lazy or how motivated I am to get this edited down, and if I can stop coughing into microphones and spreading my germs all over the place. I love flu season. Dylan, uh, last last thing here, you want to got a few things you want to plug? Some shows coming up? Sure. We got for those of you who make it to the Tennessee Renaissance Festival, we'll be performing every Saturday and Sunday as well as Memorial Day Monday. Really? Uh, we're going to be doing more of our improvised Shakespeare over there. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, our I group, take my family to that every year. Our, our group is uh, called Infinite Jest uh, that does the Shakespearean part, so it's uh, a lot of fun. And for those of you who are uh, listening to back issues of this podcast, you know, just check us out at uh, NashvilleComedyTheater.com. You know, there's always going to be shows coming up uh, whatever time you're listening to this. Cool. Well, uh, we'll be back with uh, future episodes with Nashville Comedy Theater uh, cast members, and I'm sure Dylan will come back at some point and we'll uh, have him back on to talk about stuff and make fun of stuff and uh, hopefully entertain you folks. So, Dylan, thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. All right, folks, that'll do it for this time on this episode of the Decibel Geek Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed listening to me and Dylan yak on about bands and artists and Tom Cruise and all that good stuff. Uh, look us up on www.dbgeekshow.com, at Twitter, at Decibel Geek Pod. Uh, email me at NashvilleRocketLive.com if you want to tell me I suck. That's fine, too. Uh, we'll see you next time, and we're out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 